Welcome to Squishy Lean, where you can gain confidence to start improving immediately. I'm Amanda. And I'm Dominic. And we've created a safe space to set you up for success, no matter what industry you are in or where you are in the world. There are no hard corners here, no stupid questions, and no wrong answers. Today, we're going to talk about process mapping. So Amanda, what is process mapping? When have you used it? How can the listeners get more familiar with process mapping? Well, those are some big questions. Um, Process mapping is a tool that we're all going to end up using in continuous improvement. It's inherent in the way that we think about our processes, that people are able to kind of break those down into steps. Um, Process mapping, I think, really starts when we think about what is a process. So a process is all those action steps and decisions that we take to achieve a particular end. So if we think about all the actions that we're taking each and every day, whether we're at home, whether we're at work, we're doing those things for a reason, to achieve a goal. And so a process map is just visualizing those different steps that we're taking to achieve whatever value, whatever goal, whatever product or service that we're delivering. Now, that visualization makes it really easy for people to consume. Usually, we're going to see those in steps and arrows. So the steps are usually rectangles or boxes with arrows. Uh, It's generally sequential. So red from right to left would also be the time, sometimes from top to bottom. Uh, And the other thing that I'll just say here that I think is really important in this definition is that regardless if we've documented or created a process map before, a process exists. So processes don't suddenly come into existence when we put them up on the wall. They exist already. And what we're doing is documenting and sharing that and making it really simple for everybody on our team to understand those steps. Does that kind of align, Dominic, with what you think a process map is or what type of process maps maybe have you used? That actually does align very well because as you were explaining that, the biggest question in my mind was, who is the process map for? And you said everyone, the people that are doing the process now, the person that's going to observe the process to actually document it, maybe for the first time. Um, So the who is the biggest question in the back Mm -hmm. of my mind. But there's a lot of different types of process maps. It's not all lines and boxes. It may boil down to that. Mm. But um, some types of process maps that are out there are SIPOC process maps, which is an Mm -hmm. acronym um, for supplier input process output and customer. You can have swim lane diagrams, which show multiple departments and how those interact or multiple stakeholders even and how those interact in a process. Um, value stream maps, that's the t- that's a type of process map. Um, mm-hmm. Those are three big ones that we'll end up talking about in later episodes, but it's good to put those topics out there um, just if anybody else is interested. Yeah, and I think one of the things that that makes me think of as well is there's also the level of detail, right? Because it's not usually that that a process map is necessarily inaccurate or imperfect. It's so much that maybe there's more detail that we could add. So with all of those, especially like a linear process uh, diagram or a block diagram, you can have it really high level where it's only like five steps 
Or maybe you go really into detail where it's 85 steps. Maybe you're looking at what happens every second versus what happens once a week, right? Uh, or weekly. So there's also that level of detail in there. Yeah. And even more important to realize who your audience is and who it's for so that you are writing it at that right level of detail. Um, yeah. Maybe we can Absolutely. practice and work on a process yeah. map together. Yeah. So where I always start when I think about a process is the first thing that I define is when a process starts and when a process stops, that gives us good bookends to think about uh, creating a process map. And then uh, depending the level of detail, let's say for this one, a high level of detail, maybe the three to five steps in between. So uh, what's a process, Dominic, that we could think about to do kind of a process map real quick here? I think something along the lines of getting groceries or shopping. Okay. Okay. Getting sense. groceries. And it's accessible. So today, like everybody can think about that. Yeah. So all of us go out and we get groceries. So when does this process start, Dominic? And when does this process stop? I think, think it would start for you would start. Yeah. I think it would start before I left my house when I knew that the destination was mm. to go to the grocery store. And then the stopping point might be whenever all of those items are put away in its place in the house, refrigerator, oh, wow. cabinets. Is that a little okay. too big of a chunk to bite no, off? No, no, we can one? do that. Let's do a high level one there. Okay. So we've got the first step is going to be, we decide to go to the grocery store that final step that ends our process as we put away the groceries. So what are maybe the three steps in between, the three major steps in between that take you from deciding to go to putting away your groceries? Yeah. And just to highlight the from two words that you said. So mm. in my mind, it's going from your home to the grocery store, mm -hmm. getting the groceries from the shelves or the different areas in the grocery store and putting them like to your cart to purchase it. And then, putting those items, well, it's the travel back from the grocery store yeah. back to the house, and then putting those items from the bags or boxes into their final destinations. Okay. So we've got then, we've just put together then a high-level process map here. We've decided to go to the grocery store. Then the next step is we drove to the grocery store. So we're kind of using kind of the verb there or something that's describing what we're doing. And then um, a noun or the product or service or what is what is it that we are um, uh, uh, going after there, right? So we drive to the grocery store. We get the items. We get the groceries off the shelf. And then we drive home. And then we put away the groceries. And the groceries are that product that we're picking up, right? So mm -hmm. I like that. I always think, too, on each step of What's the transformation that's happening to that product or service to get it to that next step when we're kind of writing those or framing those? That awesome. is actually that is actually a good point. Transformation. Can you dig deeper into that just for a second in case somebody else didn't hear that the way that I did? Yeah. So when whenever we think of what value is, what we want to think about is uh looking at our steps and saying, how does this transform our product or service? How does this take us one step closer to adding value for our customers? And so there should be some kind of change that's happening to the product or service in each step that takes us closer. Now, if we're doing this for improvement, maybe we identify steps that aren't actually making those changes. But when we're thinking of actually writing this down, what we're really talking about in each step is what's the change that you're making to that product 
or service? Or what's the intended change to that product or service in each step? So mm -hmm. I always think of it as what's the transformation that's happening to that product or service? And that's why it's easier for me to see it in more of a manufacturing setting because you can see ah. something physically change. You see the transformation yes. right there. Whereas somebody else hearing this for the first time might be like, there are no steps in going to get groceries. You just get them and you're done. And it's like, yeah. no, there's, there's parts of that process that are good demarcations of this happened. Now that happens. So that's, mm -hmm. I'm glad that's what I wanted to dig into. Thank you, Amanda. Yeah. And I think, I think even like, let's say government services, because some people are like, does this apply to public administration? So let's say you work at unemployment, the unemployment office, in the same way people are calling in with a question, let's say, and that question is maybe the answer to that question is the service that you're providing. So you can think about how the person moves through those steps to get that question answered. But if you don't know what value is, in manufacturing, it's obvious we have that product. But mm -hmm. in the service industry, we have to make sure that we spend some time defining what that product is or that service is. And that can sometimes be really confusing if we're putting together a process map and we don't know what that service is that we're actually delivering. So what's a time, have you used process maps recently? Are there any times that you've used process maps and you've seen kind of a shift in the team or something cool happen? Yeah. In daily life or in work? Because I can choose examples Either one. from both. Either so one. I think the, and you hinted at this a little bit earlier, in work, um, whenever you go out to make a process map, there's a difference between the current state and maybe what's written down as the standard operating procedure, and then maybe again on what that future state really should be for it to be mm. even better. And we can we can go into that part in later episodes as well. But um, going out and understanding from the people who do the work, whether that's you or somebody else, exactly what that process is, what that method is, that's something that I'm doing almost every single day. And you learn how to listen and find some subtle aspects and ask better questions the, the more that you watch other people do processes um, because it's all about understanding the decision points that exist mm. so that you know how to really map out all of the iterations of how that process could actually happen. Um, so you can get the current state. Then you can compare that to what's actually written down to see are there gaps that exist between mm. the current state and what everybody else expects for that process to be. In daily life, I have to say the process map out loud or internally, like in my head, to make sure that I don't forget something when I'm going to do a process anywhere around the house. I changed the oil in my car last week, and there's specific torque values on certain bolts and certain parts of the car, and even for safety, like ways to jack up a car and make sure that if anything were to happen and something mm -hmm. fails, it doesn't end up ending in a catastrophic way. So I have to make sure that I have a process map written down so that I don't forget any of those steps so that I know I can complete the task within the right amount of time and that I didn't mm -hmm. forget any safety steps or the right quantity of oil to put in or making sure that something is tight enough. So I've used it in daily life and I use it every day at work, 100%. Yeah, I, 
I think you even mentioned earlier that uh, thinking about like Thanksgiving and getting ready for Thanksgiving and the different steps that you need to complete and thinking mm -hmm. about those sequentially and what are things maybe that we could do at the same time versus at different times. The thing about process maps is it's really a core tool in our continuous improvement toolbox. Um, and so like the biggest thing is just playing with it, testing it out, seeing what works, what doesn't, how to start some of those conversations with your teams. Um, but the cool thing is what we're doing with this series is we'll have 10 episodes that are kind of on one topic. So we're going to continue going deeper into process maps because I have so much to say based on your, your example there. Um, there's so much here and so much more information uh, for such a simple activity. But the first step is really just kind of testing it with your team or, or how did you start to kind of get comfortable with process maps? I used a lot of sticky notes because it's, <laughs> yes, lots it's of funny. Sticky notes. It's funny, but it's, it, it lets you not be afraid of making a mistake in how you write down a certain mm -hmm. process and you can Absolutely. move things as you see how the process changes. So like if we had to make a challenge for anybody, it's very simple to take any task that happens in the kitchen or in the home or just in your daily commute to work even and try to write down all the steps that you think happen on sticky notes individually and arrange those in a way that makes sense. Like if you drive to work, mm -hmm. what happens if there's a detour? Do you always make the same turn out of your driveway in the morning? Um, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of decisions that have to be made I also like to do it on like making a snack, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You should be yeah. able to write a process for something that simple to see mm -hmm. all of the thought and steps and decision points that have to go into that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because as people, we just naturally can start to break this down. So even if you're with a team that maybe doesn't have experience doing process maps, mm -hmm. uh, if you give them the task to say, what are the 10 steps in this process? They'll be able to start to identify those. They may not all agree on each step and you might have to work through some of those differences, mm -hmm. but <laughs> there will be like just something natural within our our minds that starts to break these down into to these steps. And in the same way that we can go like deeper into the steps, like we can say, this is, uh, you know, every minute, these are the things that I do or every second, or, you know, this process is at a very high level versus a very detailed level. Um, you know, all these processes, as we pull them together, start to show the entire system that we're working with and start to connect everything. And Correct. so the more we get the map, the more we have those conversations, the more people can understand how the actions they take align to value. Yes. Thank you for saying that is the last piece of it, because where this goes to next is whenever you write down all of those steps in a process, some of them might not all be value added. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's three categories of steps in a process map that you can. Yeah collect everything into these three buckets, value added, non-value added, and then non-value added, but necessary, where you're not really mm -hmm. going to get away from doing those. And in our future episodes, we'll be able to talk about how to shape the way that you're looking at this process map that you've developed to identify waste and have the opportunity to take those pieces out um, Absolutely. where necessary. And that's all because you kind of brought it all back together by saying value in that last sentence, Amanda. Yeah. So let's, let's challenge the people that might be listening today. Mm -hmm. um, the challenge that I would think of is let's just try to make a process map 
with five to 10 steps. So just start to identify what's that start point like we did, what's that stop point? And what are some of the steps in between? Um, so I really encourage you this week to go out and grab some post-its or just grab a piece of paper and start drawing that out, write that out. What are those five steps? And then if you need a higher level challenge, do that with a team. Do that with, you can even do that at home with your partner or mm -hmm. with somebody, you know, that you live with. You can do that at work with someone. Um, really, really keep it simple and just get used to kind of putting those steps up on the wall and having those conversations. Yes. Sticky notes, please. But <laughs> yes, it's fine notes. to use a, it's fine to use a like checklist app on your phone if you even need to do that. If you want oh, to, yeah, you to could be use with the checklist you. app too. Yeah. That's a great tip. That. That's how yeah, I start my day on the weekends. Nice. I, I'm a drawer, so I've got my notebooks full of process maps sometimes. Very and then nice. obviously we have things like Visio and stuff like that that we can use and that we might talk more about in another episode. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Amanda. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Dominic, anything else that you want to say before we go? Have fun with process mapping and try to share that joy of process mapping with others. Yes. Making it easier for you to be successful each and every day. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Next time we're going to talk about the SIPOC, I think in a bit more detail. So Dominic, uh, how do we kind of wrap this up? We should all go out and find the fun of being within a process. And let's just see if we can make things a little bit better.